Hey, what is good? It's me, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo, and welcome to Bobo's Block. It is a new year, 2022. We are back, all brand new with some new intro music as you hear. Vibe to it, vibe to it. Hey, hey. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, um, yeah, it's dope. I want to thank you for joining me on this weekly block party that I have every time I step behind the mic. And if this is your 60th, 65th, 40 something, whatever time, what up, dog? It is good to see you again. And thank you. Oh my God, kicking it with me on the one time. And of course, this show is solely sponsored by my Patreon. Patreon is where you can do the most good and best help for Bobo's block. It is my bread and butter. It is how I keep the lights on here in the Wonderground Media Studios. Um, Patreon, we have multiple tiers that you can support me on by going to patreon.com forward slash Bobo. You can go to a dollar all the way up to $3,000. And of course, if you get a $3,000 tier, I might as well put you on payroll because my God, Mike, you're an investor now. I'm not not getting married in 2022. That can't be getting married and stuff. But you are an investor. You are an investor of Bobo's Block. Please don't do that $3,000 tier. It's just there for shits and giggles. Oh, my God. But if you invest in me $3,000 a month, my God. Like, Jesus. Um, but, yeah. Oh, my God. It is 2022, y'all. 2022. We made it. We really made it. Um, it's a lot to talk about. So, let's go ahead and start it off with the update. And, of course, uh, I still don't have update noise. I really don't. Um, <laughs> you guys are going to get on me, but one day, you, one day y'all are going to be like, Hey, and of course, if you're watching this comment down below, what you want me to do for the update? I don't know, man. Something stupid, something crazy better than this. But yeah, we'll see. Um, as you guys know, I took December off. I did it. I did it. I actually took a month off of podcasting and I'm back better than ever. Like I was, I'm rested. I am rejuvenated. I have been itching to get back behind this mic. I'm not burnt out like I was. I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to give you everything that I had. I was able to just kind of make do and like give you guys good shows. But like I wanted to give you more. I'm doing more because if you are watching this, this is actually one of the first um, video version of the podcast. Like you are on your your computer or your phone or wherever watching me do my podcast. This is lit. Um, I just kind of like pulled the trigger finally, and we're doing video content now. So definitely be – I will get into that a little bit later on. But, yeah, I um, hung out with family. Hung out with friends. Um, had an amazing Christmas. I had uh, an also amazing New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Got to eat me some black eyed peas. Got to do all the, the traditional shit or so. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be back in the Wonderground Studios because it was hella quiet. I I I really did not work. I did like a few things here, but nothing like work. I I was strategizing, planning, and stuff. And you guys will see that coming up because I have some really big things that I want to announce for you guys. I'm going to wait for next episode so I have a confirmation of a lot of this stuff. But I have some really big things I want to announce for you guys. So yeah, definitely going to be keeping you guys posted on a lot of things that I'm going to be getting into this year in 2022. So yeah. Oh my God. Ah, Oh my God. So I think, I think that's it for the update. The update, like I said, I'm going to keep it short, sweet. Cause there's a lot of stuff we can go into, but again, hit me up on my Patreon, get into a kick in an episode. I'll probably record one this week. You guys will get a kick in an episode. So yeah, 
Now let's get into the pod or the friend of the pod of the week. 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 <laughs> and the friend of the pod of the week this week is the Blurred Girl. The Blurred Girl is a phenom amongst uh, legends. Like, this woman does it all. She, uh, Kara Mahorn, has been on her d- thug dizzle. Like, she is legitimately, she works for any and everybody you can think of that's super dope. She has her own podcast, though, where she does very in-depth, very integral interviews with some of the biggest names. She's done interviews with Arlene Jones. She's done interviews with Keanu Reeves. She's done interviews with, with um, Ava DuVernay. Like she's, the list goes on and on and on. Like She has her finger in a little bit of everything. She, um, she is one of my faves. She's literally one of my faves i support her in every single way and she's also on my sticker wall over here in the studio if you guys have any stickers or something you want to send me of your podcast or your brand or logo whatever send them in into me um hit me up on my email and i'll definitely get you the information to send out um to the studio okay so yeah definitely um but still back to our friend of the pod of the week the blur girl is there's there's such a thing as someone who is a jack of all trades, but she is a master of it all. She has done big red carpets. She has done the the big panels. She has done the amazing, like I said, in-depth interviews. She's done small screen work. She, she, I can't wait to see her on the big screen. I, I feel it coming soon. So I will leave a link below in the description so you guys can go support the blur girl herself she has um a twitch channel that where she does her interviews now she has the blur girl podcast on there you can also check out her website theblurgirl.com and i said it'll be links to get to all of her stuff and her socials in the description below so definitely go in and check out my friend of the pod of the week all right so it's been (laughs) it's been a minute it's been a minute, um, and I had some of my homies who have been missing this segment hit me up, and I am back, and I'm so happy to tell you it is time to go around, around the, the net. net, net, net. Um, <laughs> this week's ATN is very, very dope. Um, I'm not going to, because if you guys are a long listener of the podcast, you would know that when I take a break off, I try to cover every single thing that I've ever done or ever missed or read or, or heard on another thing. Like, no. <laughs> New Year, changing that shit up. We're going to stick with what's current and what we're going to be talking about is the stuff that I wanted that was on my heart, on my mind, that I wanted to get back in touch with you guys about, okay? So, starting off the docket, speaking of our friend of the pod of the week, guess who is writing a training manual for the goddamn Dora Milaje. It is none other than the blurred girl herself. It is an amazing thing to see your favorites do such dope things, but this is one of the truly dopest things I have seen her get her hands into. Like I said, she does everything. She's a writer. She's a fucking podcaster. She's a TV personality. She's done like she's done the little bit of every guy. Like I love you. I love her so much. I know you guys definitely love her. So definitely again. So but next year sees the release of Black Panther two and all manner of Black Panther projects will be coming out of Marvel. We've noticed that they've done a lot of trademarking um, for Warriors Wakanda, but 
it is the protectors of Wakanda that are we are concerned about now. Um, this is coming from the Bleeding Cool article that is kind of announcing this. So, so Protectors of Wakanda, a history and training manual for the Dora Milaje is a hardcover volume by the Blurred Girl founder, Kara Mahorn, scheduled to be out on September 13th, 2022, published by Becker and Mayer. Like, uh, when I tell you this is one of the, like, so if you guys know, I have a, a amazing Twitter sister from another Mr. Steph I will who writes for DC and Marvel. And she's, this is like, I was so happy to see someone who, who legitimately loves the actual content and who's been a fan and not to say like other writers aren't so and not a fan, but this is like a person that I know person that I've seen and had conversations with about these characters in blur girl is another I've seen. And I know the, the way that she feels about the Dora Milaje, the black Panther ethos and the lore and everything of that nature. So to see her getting to write the training manual, the, 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 the hardcover volumed manual by the blur girl herself is just amazing. And it warms my heart. So definitely if you guys are able to pre-order this book, go ahead and do so September 13th is when it's going to be dropping. She'll probably also release when the pre-orders will start going out, but keep your ears to the ground and keep your eyes out for the protectors of Wakanda history and training manual manual for the Dora Milaje. And I love the Dora, especially like if you guys remember last year when um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was out and like said, the Dora were, were a part of it. And it wasn't like a thing that like, oh, the Black Panther request is like, no, no, no. This was the Dora going on a full mission, going after motherfucking Baron. Like I, I, I can't wait to see what more the women of the Dora Milaje, the warriors of the Dora Milaje get into when it comes into phase four, because they're a pivotal part of the, the global protection. Cause it's not like the adventures right now. Cause right now it's like a global or galactic protection unit or whatever. It's like rocket raccoon and, and um, captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. And also like Wong, who is the sorcerer Supreme we'll get in. <laughs> and you have also now Shang-Chi and Katie. Um, but it's it's so it's so dope to see that the Dora Milaje are getting such love and such praise that's going to be coming up when it comes back into the world of Wakanda. So, yes, I'm excited. I am excited for that. All right. Moving forward, let's get into some Marvel stuff. So I want to get into... I want to get into Hawkeye because that was the thing that was happening as I was leaving. And also I want to get into two names that have now come it back or come into the MCU since I've been gone. So Hawkeye was actually pretty damn good. I enjoyed Hawkeye for what it was. It was a nice little diehard Christmas rumble romp. Um, so <laughs> Hawkeye honestly set the bar for how how I would like to see Black Widow and Hawkeye interact from now on. Like, we know that Yelena is going to be the new Black Widow, and we finally got our first interactions with her and old Hawkeye, and now her and new Hawkeye. When I tell you that is going to be the best duo out of the entire phase, I love Yelena. Oh my God, she's so she's so fucking charismatic and so lovely, and you can't help but just smile when you see her on screen because she's just so like 
she's <laughs> she's too fucking cool for her own good and she doesn't even know it. She's just being like her little weird aloof self and she's like, yo. <laughs> but yes, I love the interactions between her and Kate Bishop. I love I love how they played the entire plot line of, oh, Hawkeye being Ronin, Hawkeye revealing that like he, he was Ronin the whole time to a lot of other people. Um, but yeah, it, it still it still holds a place that I, I need to talk about some things that kind of went down on that. But that will be for another episode. But overall, Hawkeye was a great show. But in Hawkeye, we actually got the return of a major villain. And that villain was the Kingpin. And not only the Kingpin, it was the Kingpin from the Marvel Netflix series. So that means one thing. If they're bringing back Kingpin, and um, I want to say Vincent D'Onofrio, I think it's that, because I'm going off the dome. I did not write this down, guys. <laughs> um, if they're bringing back the the Netflix Kingpin, and they're also bringing back the Netflix Daredevil, we got his first looks at Charlie Cox returning as Matt in Spider-Man No Way Home. Those two have been confirmed canon by Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige says they want it. They've been wanting to put Matt in for a while. And with Matt being back in, are we going to get the return of Jessica? Are we going to get the return of Luke? Are we going to get the return of, of um, the Punisher? Are we going to get the return of the full, full defenders? Even, even iron fist. Yes, I know. I know even iron fist. And we can even do Colin win. We don't have to do Danny win. It will be amazing because Colin is But if we get these actors and actresses back, they've kind of moved on and done other things. Well, I don't know what the actress for Jessica Jones is doing. I do know that um, Luke Cage is in a CBS show called Evil. I do know Misty Knight is in also another um, television show, All Rise. I do know that um, we have... We have people who are obligated to other things, but that doesn't mean that they can't come back at a moment's notice because, again, they're still under contract. They can work out scheduling conflicts and shit like that. So, yeah, we can figure it out. And I would love to see a reunion of the Netflix crew in the MCU, whether it be like a show or whether it be like just random cameos, because I would love to have it to where like, oh, we're doing something like we're doing something in the MCU and then Power Man or Iron Fist and yeah, yeah, Power Man, Iron Fist or Luke Cage and Iron Fist roll by. They just like, oh, hey, we're doing this or whatever, because that's the lovely part about the MCU. The heroes are, are always out there. They may not be spotlighted like they usually have been like with the, the first Infinity Saga phase, but they're everywhere. They're they're street level heroes. They're mid mid card level. Like you got people who are in the galaxy. You got people who are in on planetary level. You have people on street level like you have your heroes and we have a fuck ton of them because we're getting people like the Eternals. We're getting Riri Williams. We're getting um we're probably getting, like I said, a lot of the young Avengers, like Stature. We're going to probably get Patriot coming up in the next four, phase five or something like that. Like we're, we're building out the ethos of the MCU hero database, and it's dope. And you still have all the niggas who work for S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the niggas who work for S.W.O.R.D. You still have all these people who are essentially heroes 
and it's like oh so yeah so it anything is possible at this point so i'm i'm just excited to see where they go with this so daredevil being back kingpin being back opens up a brand new door for a lot of the stuff that we've been wanting we've been clamoring for we've been literally chomping at the bit to get to like the defender shit in the mcu all right so move on to another series that that was started while i was away um book of boba fett it's only the first episode out but my god it's really good like if you are a because I'm not even a Boba Fett fan. I I always have felt that he's been overhyped and overrated or so. Because that was like, I'm a Han Solo fan. I'm, I'm a... Yeah, I'm a mercenary fan. So yeah, it's really, it's really... <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to, to knock how cool Boba Fett fucking is like you you can't deny that he has an um, uh, an unmeasurable cool factor but this kind of um puts boba in a new light he's now taking over the the fet like like i said the fet has taken over the the crime lord syndicate and he is replaced fortuna who was the replacement for jabba so yeah and i'm I want, I like what they're doing. They're doing kind of a duality thing. They're showing you what happened to him after the drop into the Sarlacc pit to how he got to where he was in the Mandalorian. And this is a good lead up to the Mandalorian as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, cause this definitively places the Mandalorian within the time period between the return of the Jedi and the new hope. Or when they're talking about return, what was it? The Force Awakens is some like it's somewhere in there because it's definitely after. It's definitely after, like I said, the the original trilogy, and with it being after the original trilogy, we have a lot of things that we need to see come to fruition like the first order we have a lot of the the galactic empire that is in crumbles and like i said we we knew where it was technically for like say okay this is after the trilogy but i didn't know what particular time period because when you have a huge gap the way that star wars did especially between generations it's it clouds or muddies the waters on how like timeline is actually structured. So yeah, I'm excited. Book of Boba Fett is um, going to be Wednesdays now, just like Hawkeye was. And you guys can watch that on Disney plus as well. No plug, no, no sponsorship. Just me enjoying a good ass show. So yeah. All right. So <laughs> if you have been like me, I have been, diving back into some things that I've, I've, I've kind of fallen uh, fallen out of, I'm not even out of love with, I, I haven't had time to do. One for me is watching FNAF videos. <laughs> like, so um, Fred, Five Nights at Freddy's, if you are not a part of the, the, the fandom that is Five Nights at Freddy's, you are not, <laughs> it's really good. Like, and, and the thing is like, I'm one of those people who love lore, who love theories, conspiracies and shit like that. Five Nights at Freddy gives you all of that. So now we have a new wrinkle to the lore, to the actual, um, ethos of Five Nights at Freddy's because it's not just video games. It's also a 
series of books as well too that add more into the backstories gives you alternate versions of things that are happening so yeah it's really dope um but we have out now five nights at freddy's security breach and Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach is a really good game. I've been watching a few streamers play it. Of course, I've been watching Markiplier play it. I've been watching Matt Pat on, Matt Pat on um, Game Theory Live or GT Live. I've been watching a few other um, smaller independent um, streamers as well play Security Breach. I am super in like I'm enthralled into the story and the the amount of detail in this huge fucking megaplex of a mall that they have created. Like it's like Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. And we have literally been trudging through every single little, um, everything, a little arcade thing, every little game they've had all the mini games and you can go into like a little hidden areas and shit like that. So yeah, definitely, definitely is something that you would love to dive deep into and spend a few hours just watching somebody play along or so. So yeah, if you're into that, please go ahead and check out some people playing Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. A lot of people are still digging around for lore, digging around for um, extensions of the story because we have, I think we have all of the endings that as of this point, we have the good ending, the bad ending. We have the, the save the victim or save Vanny ending. You have the ending where you kill William Afton and shit like that. So yeah, but we just got news now that there might actually be a DLC on its way for five nights at Freddy security breach. So this comes from comic book. Now, um, comic book now is saying that, Earlier this, yeah, earlier this week or a few weeks, yeah, it's been out for a few weeks now. But in a new interview with YouTube's Lewis Daco Dawkins, executive producer Ray McCaffrey was asked about the possibility of a DLC coming to the game. McCaffrey stated that talks have already started about possibility of DLC, and those discussions have involved Scott at the creator of the series, while. McCaffrey has nothing official to announce. It seems quite like the fans have more ways to enjoy security breach in the future because this game was different from the other five nights at Freddy's games. You have the FNAF series one through six, I want to say, um, and you have like say, sister location, you have, um, VR, the VR one help wanted stuff like that. It's like you're running from the animatronics and you're a person or your security guard or something. This was different. You're a kid who's trapped in the pizza plex and you can ride inside of, um, glam rock fast bear Freddy. And you also have boss battles. You have random mini games placed throughout the actual megaplex and you also have random arcade games that you can play that will also get you intricate lore you have different little messages hidden either in the walls or you have different things you have to do such as like get a camera so you can flash all these like little cardboard cutouts and that'll take you to a different room that takes you into this and it's so many little pieces it's so many intricate detailed things you just have to play it. You have to sit down and play it or watch somebody play it, man. Like, it's amazing. I am in love with it, and I can't wait to see if there's going to be a DLC out for it. So if there's a DLC out for it, I definitely um, would love to have somebody dive into it because I suck at it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, <laughs> that is that on that. So next up on the docket. 
Oh, we got our first looks. This has happened while I was away. Because in December, a lot of shit happened. But this is what I wanted to talk about. We got our first looks at Tessa Blanchard in her Thor Love and Thunder outfit. And it's fucking amazing. Um, There was a tweet that was sent out um, not too long ago from... I want to get his, his handle right. Um, doo -doo -doo. Yeah, from up to task so at up to task t-a-s-k and he says the new look for the king of asgard and valkyrie yeah thor love and thunder can't wait to see the trailer there was actually a leak of the poster the full poster of thor love and thunder and it looked oh it looked amazing and i, I it blew me away and i wanted to get on and be like oh no like no I'm not podcasting in December. <laughs> so what happened with that? That's a real poster. That poster is legit real. It was sent out a little bit too early. And one of the p workers did not know they weren't supposed to put it up or weren't supposed to um, advertise for it yet. So, yeah, it's already been put to pulled down. But if you can rummage through the Google searches or so, you can find a, a couple clicks of that poster. And it, it looks amazing. Thor Love and Thunder will make up for the, 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 the Dark World any day, I think. Ragnarok was able to save us from the humdrum horribleness of Thor the Dark World. And um, I think Love and Thunder will bring that bring that, that same charisma and amazingness to it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see Jane Foster, Thor. I'm excited to see the new King of Asgard, Valkyrie. And, yes, King of Asgard. Valkyrie is the king of Asgard. And if you have a problem with that, go fuck off. <laughs> like, Valkyrie's the king of Asgard. It's fine. You'll be fine. She doesn't have to be a queen. No, she's the king. She is the king of Asgard. And you will live with it. Cool? Cool. Um, I did get it off because there was a lot of people in that tweet from up to task who were like, oh, you know, king, she's the queen. You gotta see it raining. Like, very fragile fanboys who don't understand that women can be kings as well. So, yes. But it's still, again, they'll be fine. We can also ignore them. You're good. So, <laughs> let's go ahead and move along in the docket. All right. We're going to talk Spider-Man No Way Home. So, I, I have not decided yet. If I'm going to do a full review on it, I want to I want to give it its just due because this is honestly one of the most top tier Spider-Man movies to ever have come out or been produced by it, Marvel, Sony, or whoever the fuck has it. Spider-Man No Way Home was such an amazing emotional vitriol ride and if you yes you if you have the ability to go see it and you have not please rectify that now go ahead i'll be here yeah 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 I'm, yeah pause this go watch the movie when you come back unpause cool all right for those who have seen the movie and those who ha are coming back from pause. Um, like, I... 
it lived up to all of the hype and then some because not only did we call a lot of the shit that was going to go down so we called spoilers for the ones who still refuse to go see it and things of that nature but still um we called all three spider-man and even though we called it it was still amazing to see it warmed my heart so much um we called a lot of the villains and their arcs a lot of the people and villains and arcs and stuff like that and the main thing we called was that peter would have to make a very life-changing decision but what we did not fucking expect was ned is not magic um aunt may dies um we got a new look at the next like villain setup for Peter. Even if it's a multiverse thing or even if it's like a oh, these people are coming in his future. Or these people are here out in development. We have looks at all of that. And then we got Peter starting from goddamn scratch. Because I didn't expect I expected for them to fix everything. But the way they fixed it, um, Spider-Man No Way Home, if I were to rank it, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse is top or top two, whatever. Toby's still up there. Like, it's it's top five. Like, it's top five closing in on top three, I want to say. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say for me it's top three, but for a lot of people it's probably top five closing in on top three. So, Spider-Man No Way Home was such a beautiful movie that it is now actually in the top 10 of all time. Like, you know how you have the movies that like, oh, these movies made this much money over all this time, whatever. Yeah, it's this is actually reported from Rotten Tomatoes. So for his opening box office, Spider-Man, of course, took home, like said, the top spot or whatever. Um Given the shifts likely to come with the theatrical exhibition, if this country has stopped doing advice with the pandemic, we can only hope millions who have seen Spider-Man No Way Home at least once led the way by getting fully vaccinated and everything. So, of course, yes. Um, on Domestically, on the opening day, it made $600 million. And then on the 17th, the day with another 52.7 million. The feat only achieved by Star Wars The Force Awakens and Avengers Endgame, the two highest grossing films of all time. Re releases of the Titanic, including 3D, elevated it to sixth place or whatever, but No Way Home currently sits at 10th place for movie, like top grossing movies of all time. The Last Jedi, 620.1 million, and The Avengers, 6. 123.3 million are insights within the next 40, like 48 hours for um, Spider-Man No Way Home from the writing of, or from the day that this was written on January 2nd. Like, it's bananas. Like, so many people, so many people, one, risked their lives, two, got out to the movie theaters again to see this movie. And that's how good it is. Like, I, I, got out into the movie there is to see this it's so damn good and i implore you i truly do i want you to get out there 
it gives us such a good ending for Toby. It gives us a good ending for Andrew. It gives us a good ending for Tom. Everyone is served in this movie. And everyone you who's been a Spider-Man fan from like years ago, you were satisfied after this. You would definitely be satisfied after this. See ya. I still, I'm, I'm still debating. I, I may go ahead and do like a bonus episode where I do a full review of this actual movie because there are a lot of, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of moments I want to speak on and a lot of inner interaction between characters that I want to talk about. So yes, I think I'm going to make that a bonus episode. And of course you can get the bonus episode on Patreon. So look out for that when it drops or so. Okay guys. Um, and let's see what else we have in the docket. Ah, and it's the last thing in the docket. So, sadly, we received news on December 31st, 2021, that the illustrious, legendary, iconic Betty White had passed away. Um, Betty White was coming up on her 100th birthday on January 17th. And that's a milestone for anybody. But for a woman of the stature of Betty White, it is something on another level for her to have reached 100 years would have been amazing but unfortunately she has left us a little bit early but that does not mean we will be sitting back on her birthday morning no we people a lot of people are being implored to join what they're calling the betty white challenge the betty white challenge is on her 100th birthday january 17th everyone should pick a local rescue or animal shelter in your area and just donate five dollars in betty white's name and make her 100th birthday the movement she deserves betty was always a giving and loving person and even on and off the screen there's people who have had such lovely things to say about her and only amazing things to say about betty white because you know how twitter is how internet is someone's going to try and dredge up something but this is not it bro it's not it. It's not the one. Betty was an amazing person. I, for one, loved um, a lot of her work. I used to watch Golden Girls, of course, as everybody used to watch Golden Girls, either with their grandparents or their mother or somebody who loved Golden Girls. Um, I <laughs> caught a couple. I caught a couple of seasons of Hot in Cleveland. Like I said, she's just been one of those staple actresses that you kind of have to just like I said look up to in awe because she's one of the elders, Doug, and now she's going to be part of the rest of the universe. So I definitely want to send my condolences to the friends, family, and loved ones of Betty White. I want to say to the fans of Betty White, I'm here with you, man, um, because I'm a fan of Betty White. It's definitely something that hit us all hard on the last day of 2021 because, my God, why wouldn't it go out without giving us a last F you? Right? Right. <sighs> All right, so that is it for Around the Net, and that is it for the docket. So I'm going to go ahead and hit you guys up with a musical break. Um, for the eyes on the audio version, you guys will be hearing the musical break coming up next. And then for um, everyone else, we'll be right back. So thank you guys. So be right back with our Nerdgasm, plugging right back in. See you guys when we kick it on the block. All right, peace.
and thank you guys for tuning back in with me. Um, of course, as I said, this has been Bobo's Block. I am your friend, the neighbor nerd, the Bobo, and that for the audio listeners was DJ Harrison's R18. So definitely want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast um, on Apple's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast, so you can get a full full version of the show. So definitely, um, this week's Nergasm is going to be talking about a movie that I did not talk about in the docket because I wanted to save it for here. Um, there was three big things that came out while I was gone. Of course, like I said, Hawkeye, Spider-Man No Way Home, but also The Matrix. The Matrix Resurrections for one was a movie that came with very mixed reviews or so I I got a chance to sit down and watch it and I, I enjoyed myself. It was a good it was a good replugging back in. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Replugging back in, but differently. It's a different watch for me. Because you know what I did um over the 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 break? I watched a fuck ton of movies. And you know what movies I wanted to get back into before Matrix Resurrection came out? The original Matrix trilogy. Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, and Matrix um, Revolutions. So, one thing that I noticed while going through this replay, The Matrix has a lot of fucking... Like, it had a lot of black major actors in it. And that really struck differently for me. It was something that opened my eyes to realizing that the matrix had a major impact on blurred culture because without us realizing it or so we were privy to this dystopian future world where robots have taken over and things of that nature. But there were so many of us there seeing there ourselves through characters such as Tank, Dozer, seeing us through characters such as Morpheus and, and, and like the Commander Locke and 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 like there were so many people that <laughs> that gave us a glimpse of black people in sci-fi in the future and in something that's a big of a blockbuster as the Matrix. So let's go ahead and start talking about. Firstly, the impact of seeing people like that on screen. So for me, as a kid, I, I watched a lot of sci-fi shit. I watched, like I said, Farscape. I watched, um, I watched Star Trek. Most of the iterations that I grew up with were Voyager, Deep Space Nine. Um, I was coming in at the end of the next generation, but I definitely grew up with Voyager, Deep Space Nine. And I want to say... Um, Star Trek Enterprise, yeah, I want to say Star Trek Enterprise. It was I, it was a major one that I I walked I watched or so, um, and in t- in those two, well, like I said, in those sci-fi stories, space stories, like action stories, I got to watch such things such as like The Sentinel and and I got to watch stuff like Nightman. And I got to watch things like um. It's a good sci-fi. I gotta watch Doctor Who as well. I I I I, I, I was I will say Doctor Who because it, it showed us a lot. But a lot of a lot of sci-fi that I watched was very prevalent. Of there are diverse p 
people in the future. There are people of all ethnicities. There are people of all creeds, walks of life. There are different species, such as the aliens and stuff like that. There was always this utopian vibe of like, oh, we're there. Like, yeah, like, because a lot of the things that we are tended or normally see sometimes it's like one or two black people like there's so there's certain like oh parameters or so that like we feel like oh okay then you got your 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 tokens and then boom that's all you need but since i was very how can i put it i was very indoctrinated into seeing black people in sci-fi such as sliders such as fucking like i said deep space nine and and seeing um black people in farscape and and uh and stargate and stuff like that when i saw the matrix i did not like it it didn't hit me like oh my god man morpheus is like the most most powerful guy next to neo and it's a black man it was just normal it was just something that I didn't expect, but I was very gracious to be a part of because now looking at it as the eyes of an adult, someone who grew up in the nineties, someone who grew up in that culture, we weren't very prevalent in media and, and TV or movies, especially big blockbuster movies. Yeah. You had your Eddie Murphy's. Yeah. You had your Chris Tucker's. Yeah. You had your, your certain like, comedic characters the only serious actors we had were like denzel will smith and like say uh who else is good cuba Gooden jr back in the 90s like those were the three serious black men every other black man was like a comedic role so to see morpheus to see this stoic like very monolithic type man who who commands a room it's such a lovely thing. And then you get to see him put it all on the line. And you have people like Jada Pinkett Smith as Niobe. You have Nona Gay as Z. You have Harold Pinayu as Link. You have people such as, um, let me see, I'm going down to the level. You have Marcus Chong as Tank. And you also have, like I said, another prolific actors that come, like Nathaniel Lees, Harry Lennox. Like I said, you have them as Locke, and you have the Mifun. Like I said, you have all of these A-listers. Gina Torres as Cass. You have all of these A-list black actors and actresses coming in doing amazing work even if they're building story and plot line in the background they're important pivotal characters they show you a human a human side of this robotic cgi post-apocalyptic type shit like you get to see the people for who they are you get to see the actors be vulnerable z her whole thing dona gay's character was she was concerned about her husband link taking on the operator position on the ship where both of her brothers died, where tank and dozer died. Like Gina Torres was dozer's wife. She was, she was a widow mourning the loss of her husband of the father of her children. Like these things are, are very like feels like a throwaway within the matrix reloaded, but they're very pivotal story plot lines. And then you get to see how Z when the, the, the Sentinels come and try to take on Zion, she fucking knuckles up and joins the fight. Cause she's like link would do the fucking damn same thing. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I definitely understand 
when a lot of people will be like, well, this is just writing or so. But again, when it comes to people who feel like we're on the outskirts, even like with myself being a black person, people who are of Eastern Asian descent, when you saw Sati or you saw her family, her father who was the, the programmer, her mom was the analyst and stuff like that, they were a representation of your family, of you. Like you could be a programmer, you could be in that, in that, in the matrix. Like it's a beautiful thing to actually be able to encourage stuff like writing like this. The Lukowski's, honestly, I, 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 I sit back and think like their, their mind of when it comes to setting up these worlds, setting up these characters, they have this all plotted and planned out. And I love the way that they are integrating, integrating everyone into it because they could have took the easy route out and just let everybody be white, everybody be white, everybody be like I said, cookie cutter, cute, hot, really, oh my God, like we're in a post-apocalyptic world, but I have like perfectly flowy hair. Like, no, 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 shit was gritty, scrungy. Everything, everybody had something about them that made them unique to this whole, this whole um, universe or so. I loved seeing, seeing people that I felt like I could be a part of within this world of Scion, this world of Io. And speaking of the Matrix Resurrections, I love the switch up they did. When you have fucking bugs and you have the newly downloaded Moto Morpheus and Yahaya, and he gave such a fucking swagger to being Morpheus because he didn't have to be the the stern, the stoic, the 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 the, the, the like the the, the dark and mysterious man because even he was like it's, it's nothing like setting man like you you met morpheus for the first time in the dark room thunder outside rumbling turns around and you talks you says the line boom hits you with most like boom i'm just in a bathroom stall and you got to take this choice to take this goddamn pill or not like come on like yahaya brought his own thing to the role of morpheus and i loved it um you get to see new characters fulfill new roles and i'm excited to see where this goes from here because there's there's possibly a, another trilogy and we could do it like they did um the first one waited about three years or so and then boom put out the second one then another year after that put out the third one like but i think the wakowskis have it planned out very differently i know that they i i know that they knew they had an amazing thing on their hand, but they didn't think it would blow up like the Matrix did. And that's what I said, it took about three years, and you also side-by-side -side shot Revolutions, and um, yeah, you shot Reloading and Revolutions together. And then, like I said, you had to plan all that shit out properly. But now, they know what they got. They know where their feet are. And if this is planned the way it is now, it is still an amazing representation of every single thing that I love about black nerd culture. We have people who are like us, who, who, who are seen as we are seen and not like a watered down, like ratcheted version of people from our time period. Like even with the people who are still stuck in the matrix, like 
we don't even get to see a lot of the people, the programmers and stuff like that. But you get because that's again, this is the first one out of the trilogy. You probably meet more programs or so later on. But like I said, it's definitely something that I want to see about the people who are going to be freed from this point on. The people who are living in IO, the people who are born in IO. Like I, I'm excited. I'm excited. The Matrix Revolutions had the Matrix trilogy itself had uh, a major impact on us because we got to saw a lot of people in high ranking positions and very powerful positions that weren't just like square jaw chiseled out white guy. And I, I look back now and as an adult on things that I used to love as a child with different eyes, I see the things that I love and I see them for what people were trying to go for something different. We always complain that movies are so the same, so cookie cutter. But when you have these monumental earth shaking blockbuster movies, like the matrix, like, like fucking tenant, like, like, like major sci-fi movies that have these powerful characters that are black or brown led. And it's so dope. It's so dope. I love to see where movies are going now. It's the same thing that's happening with um, video games and it's happening with a lot of other media content. They're seeing that, the like, not say diversity sells, but like they're seeing that more than just the same people can can lead a, sh- a movie or more than the same people can draw an audience. So I know that when the next movie comes out, I'm definitely going to be in line to see it going to see it in theater going to see it streaming on hbo max or however they do it for us so i definitely can't wait cannot wait for this new trilogy of the matrix to to kind of take shape and take mold um keanu and and um (laughs) trinity they they were great i i really felt for the characters keanu's just a better actor now than he was back then in the 90s or so so that's really dope to see as well and (sighs) even people like characters like neo had an amazing impact on how nerd and geek culture in the black community has been shaped there's a lot of things that we can talk and toil over and we can go back and forth debating and whatever things like that but you can't deny that if there weren't anybody that has seen the matrix you know that if their favorite character is not neo it's usually morpheus or is usually one of the the operators or is usually one of the background characters like and most of those people are brown and black descent and it's and it's really amazing that i get to say that I was a part of like I was there when that first popped off like ah so dope and one crazier thing um one thing that I think would have been truly groundbreaking um there were rumors I want to say uh yeah there were rumors I want to say that they wanted Will Smith to actually be to be um Neo so that would have made a huge wrinkle into all of this so yeah I think we'll wrap it up around here as well, okay? So, of course, I've been your friendly neighbor, Nerd the Babo, and you can find me anywhere on social media where you can stalk your ex. That is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
and of course patreon you can follow this podcast on apple or spotify or deezer or stitcher we even have an amazon skills um on alexa it's a lot of places where you can find babo's block so of course hit me up give us a review give us five stars man i leave some comments below i want to thank you guys for taking time out for definitely coming back to come see me babo the friendly neighborhood nerd like it's like it's weird because like, i'm doing this for the camera for the first time so yeah i am ecstatic about this year and i can't wait to see what it all brings so i want to thank you guys again for taking the time out and doing this with me so i will catch you guys next week and i will see you back on the block peace